0: Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the E-Commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker, and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. You can join the chat about that and anything else e-commerce in the eCommerce Master Plan World Facebook group that you will find at eCommerceMasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Let's get straight into it today, and I'm going to introduce you to our special guest. Rob Kessler is the inventor and co-founder of Million Dollar Collar, where he creates fashion accessories for men, which provide a classy, polished appearance. After three years of R&D, they launched in January 2016 and have now shipped 135,000 units to 90 different countries, which is about 13,000 satisfied customers, all via the website and Amazon. Hello, Rob. Rob.
1: Morning. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic.
0: Oh, I like that. Positivity. Okay, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you, your business, and where you are at the moment. But how did you get started off in e-commerce?
1: You know, I had a couple – I had a business before. I had a screen printing and embroidery business, which actually began as a clothing line. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the company was called Nude. N-E-W-D, which stood for nothing else will do. So I thought, oh, uh, nude clothing. How great of a name is that? <laughs> I will be a viral sensation. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh. But I did make some really great clothes, and I've tried you know, Magento and Shopify, and it seems like I've tried every kind of uh, e-commerce site out there. Uh, while I had that company, I got married, and at my wedding is when I came up with the idea for Million Dollar Collar, and we launched
0: Wow. So I I often find um, we have a like a starter business where we try everything. Mm -hmm. And that just means when we actually come up with the really good idea, then it's just so much easier to do it. Is that how you found it with Million Dollar Collar? Because you'd had Nude before, it was a lot Uh, easier to get things happening?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it gave me the confidence to move forward with Million Dollar Collar. I've had a ton of ideas for inventions and other companies, but to actually have done something that was in a somewhat similar field uh, definitely helped give me the confidence that I needed to push forward with dollar collar.
0: And those three years of R&D, were you still running nude whilst you were doing that?
1: Yeah, and that's why it took three years because oh. I still was, uh, it was me and one other person and we were doing, I think, 40 or 50,000 shirts a year. Or so uh, it was pretty small. My mom would come and help out, which was amazing to be able to spend extra five days a week with her for hours a day uh, so yeah while i was doing that uh, i was figuring out million dollar collar
0: got you and i guess that also meant you could if you had some ideas you thought might work with million dollar collar you could use nude to try them out in the meantime
1: right we did a little testing and uh, i used the network from nude to start you know talking about the idea asking questions finding out what people thought about you know, the product that i was coming up with it, Problem that they had. So uh, it was great to have that network that was, again, somewhat similar to what my current company is.
0: Cool. Well, look, let's, uh, before we get into what's going on with Million Dollar Collar, let's kind of tick off some of the boxes. Everyone knows out there, knows kind of the parameters in which you're operating. So clearly from my intro, you're selling everywhere. Um, where are you based, though?
1: I'm in Los Angeles, California. My partner is in Madison, Wisconsin, out in the middle of Wisconsin and uh, hopefully coming to california soon and he's actually in australia right now That's cool. and um we have an employee in uh, denver colorado
0: so very much the virtual business then
1: yeah we're all over it's uh all, all working from home and all over the country
0: cool and uh, do you manage everything within that team or do you outsource some elements of the business
1: uh pretty much everything is is in-house we do as much as we can i've uh, i'm a I'm a tinkerer and a (laughs) (laughs) figure-outer. I I gutted and remodeled my house by myself, and it was kind of one of those things like uh, if you can't afford to pay somebody, you better figure out how to do it yourself. So that's kind of how how we handle things here now.
0: So kind of the the bootstrapping, full-on-getting-your-fingers-dirty model. Yep. Do you do the manufacturing as well, or is that outsourced?
1: We outsource that currently, um, but we're trying to bring in the finishing in-house it's a pretty expensive machine to cut out our design so uh, just baby steps
0: a <laughs> little by little um we ought to really explain what the product is um i think so could you explain what the million dollar collar is
1: yeah absolutely so um what happened was at my wedding i am a really casual guy and i got married in jamaica on the beach and i wasn't going to wear a tie because i hate ties i just don't like wearing them i don't like that thing around my neck i just just drives me crazy. I was also a car salesman, so I think that it just brings in that
0: persona.
1: <laughs> car salesman. <laughs> just to that. So um, we were looking at our wedding photos, and I just remember tugging at my shirt all day, trying to get the collar to sit up where it was supposed to, and it didn't. And, you know, we had this beautiful day. It's amazing day, and my shirt is just a glaring, sloppy mess in the, every single picture. I mean, before I even had a chance to say I do, in my brand-new... It was freshly pressed, a little starch, and it was just it was just awful. So I came home, I cut open a shirt, I shoved a piece of cardboard down where the buttons and the buttonholes are, and that's called the placket. Uh, and uh, I showed my new bride, and instantly she was like, oh, okay, I get it. And so then it was from that piece of cardboard to every piece of plastic in the house I could find, like little cartons and mini blinds and found uh, zip ties and you know, flexible cutting boards i mean literally (laughs) there's holes all over the house from me like oh let's try this material um so i tested everything there was i went and tested every plastic on the market and we ended up having to develop the material that goes into the shirts so it's highly highly engineered material that goes that that is our product
0: got you so it's it's it really is all about making your collar look a million dollars even when you're not wearing a tie
1: Right, yeah. So <clears throat> we call it Million Dollar Collar because people know what the collar is and they kind of associate the problem with the collar. And, and what we actually are is a collar support. Mm-hmm. The, the weight of the collar is what collapses the placket. And so we're kind of a collar support. But nobody knows what a placket is unless you're in the industry. So calling it Perfect Placket or Perky Placket or something like that just really wouldn't work so now I'm explaining yeah. the name of the product. Is.
0: It would be precise and accurate, but it wouldn't help you shift many units.
1: yeah. And Million Dollar
0: Collar, I mean that's just a cool name. It, yeah, it's got um it's not alliteration, is it, but it kind of rhymes in some yeah. way. There'll be there'll be some English majors and uh and degree people out there going, It's this, Chloe. How do you not know that in your grammar? I, I don't, sorry. But it sounds cool. It trips off the tongue. Uh okay, so obviously you, you say you tested lots of different platforms with nude. Which one <laughs> did you pick for million dollar collar?
1: Uh, We're on Shopify, and when we actually launched, we were on WooCommerce because uh, I had a web developer buddy, and he built out our initial website, but adding to it, I I know that WooCommerce, you can totally customize a lot Mm -hmm. easier and a lot better, but Shopify for us, who uh, my partner has several online businesses, and he's a big Shopify fan, so we just, about six months into sales, we switched over to Shopify, and we've been on that for the last year and a half.
0: Excellent. And if you're on Shopify, you must have some widgets and plugins that you adore. Care to share yes. them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the number one that we love is judge.me, which is our product reviews. Uh, getting people to buy a product somewhere in the world that they have no idea who the company is or what's going on. I mean, Just to have those third-party reviews is amazing. I think we have 165 or 170 reviews now. Cool. So that one's big. Obviously, tying MailChimp in uh, is a big one. We use uh, Privy for uh, pop-ups just to Mm -hmm. try to get people, you know, get email addresses to be able to follow up. And then the number one best value ever is the Retarget app.
0: Which you're using for ads or for emails?
1: For ads. So that... um, It is it just multiplies money. I mean anybody that's not using a retarget app is crazy. You just you have to it's just the easiest thing to pop up. It just keeps you in people's minds and I mean I think we've we're probably four or five hundred percent of what we pay for it in sales at
0: least. Wow. Definitely worth putting in place then. Yes. Oh yes. (laughs) Cool. So and is it just the single product you're selling?
1: Um for the most part, that's the focus. I mean, the beauty is, is there's, I have so many customers from the last five years to the next five years. There will be a billion dress shirts sold uh, around the world. So getting to those billion shirts is a full time, maybe a two or three time job. So, um, to me, it's just stay focused on what our core business is. Um, We do. I did recently add in collar stays, so that way we can market collar stays and kind of draw that that collar stay crowd in, so we can use that as kind of a cross-promotion, and it's been unbelievable. I hesitated to do it at first, but I'm so glad I added it.
0: So is that then pulling people in to buy the collar stays, and then you're selling them the million-dollar collar afterwards, or is it a sale to people who've already bought the placket? Support?
1: um We market the collar stays so that that's something familiar that people can see.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: once they get to the site, they understand what Million Dollar Collar is, and then we use that as an add on sale. So uh, we don't sell the collar stays directly. I mean, they are on the website, but it really is kind of a because I've created a product and a category and something that's never existed before. You kind of have to find something similar to draw people in, and that's what the collar stays do.
0: So am I understanding correctly that you're pulling people into the website on the promise of a collar stay and then convincing them once they get there that they don't want that, they want your product instead?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a, oh, wow. they, they do work together. I mean, the collar—I I, I don't want people to get rid of collar stays. It, mm-hmm. it, my product doesn't compete with that at all. It's a complementary product. So it's, hey, if you care enough about your shirts that you are looking at buying collar stays, look at this. This might be the solution that you're actually looking for.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Quite unusual as well to take that approach to the marketing because I don't know a lot of people who'd be brave enough to do it. Well,
1: it's not 100% of our stuff, but it definitely is, you know, you got to try everything. And when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you, you have to try every crazy possible opportunity that you can. Otherwise, it's just, I mean, it's the crazy ones that are successful.
0: It often is, isn't it? The kind of the <laughs> totally left of center. Um Yeah. On that note, what do you think's the most awesome thing about your business right now?
1: Uh, the opportunities. Uh, so we we see three real markets. One is the end users. So people that order from our website. Uh, two is the installers. That's the challenge with our product is it actually has to be installed by a tailor. Uh, it's a couple of stitches and I've had a ton of guys actually say, dude, I watched your video and if you can do it, I went and bought a sewing machine and I do all my shirts and it's super easy and Some people are like me where you don't want to pay somebody else to do it. You'll figure it out yourself. Um, But it does take that extra step. So the fact that we've sold 135,000 sets to people that literally get it in the mail and then they're like, okay, great. I don't know how to sew. Now what? And then they have (laughs) to go out and find a tailor and then convince that tailor that they can do it. We spend a lot of money on packaging. So put it that way. Um, So our focus now is to shift to those dry cleaners and tailors and get it as a one-stop shop experience for our clients. Uh, So that's kind of the focus we're having right now. When we first got our patent uh, at the end of 2015, we called every major brand and met with all of them. And we had no numbers to back what we were doing, uh, what we thought would would work and what wouldn't. So they were a little hesitant to shift a 100 years of Dress shirt making that they are familiar with into adding our little product, but uh, they'll come around. So that'd be our third is licensing the technology and just like brands put it in production. So we have a couple small guys that are doing that now, but uh, and they're selling shirts like crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's that, that um, it's always amazing how the big guys sometimes just don't see what's right in front of their faces until you've waved it at them a million times.
1: Yeah, I talked to a really big company, and they're like, ah, "I don't know, I don't think so." Uh, and there's a statistic out that shows that ninety percent of dress shirts will rarely, if ever, be worn with a necktie. Ninety percent, like a wow. mass, massive majority. And these guys came out with a stretch collar. So you came out with a technology for ten percent of the market, and you frou would my. my technology that's in 90% of the market. Okay. I will remember you.
0: <laughs> that is kind of crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: absolutely crazy. So, um given given those kind of like those those three markets for the business, the let's talk about the end users cuz I suppose they're the most relevant to our e-commerce audience here. Mhm. Obviously, you're very passionate about the business and very passionate about how the product works, and you're trying to get people to buy a product that, as you said, they can't actually use once they've got it until they get needle and thread out or find a tailor, etc. Right. Is is the your passion and the way you get that across for the business is that essential to getting the sales?
1: Um, I mean, passion is 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 addictive. I mean, obviously, and that's why we're starting a YouTube channel where my wife has taken over our social media. She's really great at it. So she's doing a lot to bring it to life. I mean, you can't convince somebody of something unless they can connect to it on an emotional level. So especially with all the steps you have to go through to get my product. So uh, yeah, passion is, is huge, uh, followed by execution.
0: And you mentioned earlier about the importance of uh, the reviews, you know, to prove to the customer in one of those 90 different countries that this does actually work. Um, I noticed from your website, you've got quite a lot of other trust kind of building metrics going on there, like famous um, people using the collars and uh, press. Is that something you actively went after or is that more something that just fell into your lap?
1: Um, no, we, we very active on that. We, when we launched, we knew we had to get out to the masses quickly. And so we went to, uh, YouTube fashion influencers and on our press page, you can see all the videos from those guys, but they have massive audiences and it, 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 my product is so, uh, you just, it just needs to be seen and de- mm-hmm. demonstrated. So, and those guys have the following. So that was a huge uh, kickoff for us. They are not cheap.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was at a conference last year where they were raving about micro-influencers who have kind of like the 10,000, 20,000 followings who obviously are a lot cheaper, but I guess there's quite a lot of work with working with each influencer, isn't there, to get it right. So, if you want the scale, you do sometimes have to go for the huge contenders.
1: Um, I would agree with your earlier statement. The smaller the smaller guy is more passionate, has more passionate followers. Um, so our biggest influencer had about 230,000 subscribers when we, when he did our first video mm-hmm. and he has outsold all the other guys combined. And those other guys have 2 million subscribers, a million subscribers. This guy is now over 2 million subscribers um, One of the guys we used was on Shark Tank twice, and we thought, oh man, this guy's got to have, he's going to be huge. And mm-hmm. we paid several times more than we did for the smaller guy, and his return was a fraction of what the small guy was. So if you can find the guy with 100, 150, 200,000 subscribers, those guys, those subscribers are passionate about what he's saying because they found him and are following him, not from an ad or not from, you know, being out there more it's because of the content that he's putting out there
0: so um, so that's not I was going to ask the question but I think you might have already answered it that it's not about with hindsight you now know that one wasn't as good as that one actually you've learned a lesson which anyone could apply which is go for the smaller guy with the passionate following who's about to break rather than the one who's kind of gone global I suppose (laughs)
1: Yeah. I, I mean, if looking back, I would, and, and looking at doing more influencers, it'll be the smaller guys that have that passionate following up to a, up to a quarter of a million maybe, uh, cause you can get them for less. and, And if it doesn't blow up, then it's not that big a deal. But you know, when you spend tens of thousands of dollars on these crazy guys, uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> you really want it to blow up, don't you? Yeah, yeah,
1: you got a lot more on the line. I mean, if you spend 1500 bucks, it's not that big a deal. If it's not, you know, I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's not 15000
0: And, you know, the whole not putting your eggs in one basket. If you've only got $10,000 to spend on influencers, then why not split it across 10 influencers instead of giving it all to a Kardashian?
1: Right, and you, you never know what following, you know, I we thought some of these followings would be stronger than others. And you know, you just never know. And you know, the smaller guy is looking for content. It's harder for them to have built that. So they're going to recycle those videos. So they're going to play two and three and they'll push it out to their, you know, as their base gets bigger, they push it back out. And all of a sudden we'll see a spike in sales with that discount code for that guy, because he's pushed it back out again.
0: So have you, with those who, which have worked for you, have you built long-term relationships with all of them?
1: actually funny enough they are all under one management team so we we know those guys uh, pretty well there's another group within there that we're considering working with um and a couple of up-and-coming guys that they bring on um so that's made it really easy to just talk to one person and have access to you know, 20 influencers
0: so would you recommend for anyone out there who's thinking yeah i think influencers could make a big difference for me would you recommend going to a management company first rather than an influencer
1: well, I would, no, I'd reach out. I mean, we reached out directly to some of these guys, sent them some samples, kind of got the conversation started. And then in it, once it all happened, it was like, oh, wait, we're talking to the same manager. <laughs> he was oh. kind of putting the team together. So I, reach out. I mean, <clears throat> the first celebrity we got on to, my wife, we were here in L.A. for a couple weeks and she was Instagramming and just popped on this guy's Instagram and shot him a direct message. And he's like, sure, I'll take some. Here's my wardrobe person. We sent him to her. And within a couple of weeks, it was on on his show that he was on. And it, So you can get lucky. I mean, if you're put in the time and the effort, and I wish I had still wish that I, you know, sitting on the couch watching TV at the end of the night decompressing is just dm people on instagram shoot out messages to people on twitter you'd be surprised at how many people respond uh and that you get your product in front of for nothing and then it's just a matter of screenshotting and following along and hoping that they you know use the product at some point
0: point. and i suppose the, the the really good thing about if they say oh yeah here's my wardrobe person you're like wicked i bet she deals with more people than just him <laughs>
1: Right. Well, that led was like, oh, well, we, apparently we need to be talking to wardrobe people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh,
1: I spend a lot of time connecting with wardrobe people on LinkedIn and talking to them. My wife is a stunt woman, so she's on set all the time. She's on set right now. Uh, so she talks to wardrobe people when she's out as well. So it's kind of worked out really good.
0: So she she's always got a set of them to take with her.
1: Oh, yeah, several. She actually went to, was on set for one thing, like an hour and a half away told this one wardrobe person she's like we're having like the everybody wardrobe meeting in two days can you bring me like 150 sets i can pass (sighs) out at this meeting so hour and a half away she drove home while she did that i was putting these 150 sets together she drove the hour and a half back to set to give them to them and then home again so she drove six hours that day just so i could get 150 sets out To
0: oh my word but that must have been worth it
1: well, it was LA traffic, so it was only like four or five miles, but
0: it was... <laughs> Should have run. It would have been quicker. <laughs> yeah. I'll
1: yeah. ride my bike.
0: <laughs> so um, coming up in 2018, what's on your to-do list?
1: Um, we are meeting with and talking to tons and tons and tons of dry cleaners. Um, that is our focus. There are 40,000 dry cleaners in North America. We are in the, distrib- the largest distributor of those cleaners. Mm-hmm. Um We have, uh, we're focusing obviously on the US market because I can get to it and I can travel and it's a lot easier. And then as it expands, we have, you know, a few people in Europe that are doing it. Our sales on Amazon Europe are actually doing really well. Uh, And then we'll start to expand it out to the rest of the world. We have a few international distributors that are taking the product and pushing it in their markets. Uh, But the dry cleaners and the tailors is 100%, 90% our focus right now
0: excellent well look i think we should go into the top tips round now um and i love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level so rob here we go the book top tip if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take friday off and read a book to make their business better which book would you recommend
1: i am in love with grant cardone right now so his 10x rule um It, it it me it is it totally struck a chord with me. I mean, it it takes 10 times more effort than you think it will to get your product out there. And right now we are living 10x and pushing as hard as we possibly can. Uh, and that's what it takes to be successful.
0: Very cool. And then the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: Well, definitely retargeting. I'm sure that that gets mm-hmm. plenty of press. Um, but following up with your current base, I mean, one thing that you can do is get those customers that you already have to tell all of their friends. And with our product, it's challenging because it's of the multiple steps. Um, but as we transition into this second phase of our business, it'll be a lot easier to get people to refer their friends. That current base you have is worth five times what you what you got paid the first time if you can leverage that properly.
0: Okay, and then the tool top tip—maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working—is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
1: Um, Google is huge for us. We have our Drive, and we all have our email accounts. Um, that's a pretty standard one. We use um, Evernote a lot, just to your you know, where we're driving or I, I go on runs. It's like I could just. Talk into that thing. So Evernote's great, and then we actually use Wonderlist as a way to keep each other up to date on what we're working on.
0: Can you now talk into Evernote?
1: Um, we can't talk into it specifically, but like on my iPhone, you just—I had the microphone button, so I'll just hit the hit that and just talk to it, and it'll it'll follow along with what I'm doing. I actually recorded a video on, I played it on my computer, and then had the microphone for my phone next to it and it recorded the whole video for me. So,
0: wow. Very cool. I did not know that. Um, Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to a thousand, what would be your number one tip for them?
1: Uh, Again, it's the follow-up. It's having excellent customer service, even in an online world is key and Delivering more than what that person is expecting, and I'll quote Grant Cardone again. Uh, you know, he talks about if somebody's willing to pay thirty dollars for your product, that doesn't mean that it's worth thirty dollars to them. That means that it should be worth sixty or eighty or three hundred dollars because they could take that thirty and spend it on any other thing that's thirty dollars. So, if you can deliver value that is far exceeds the dollars that they trade over you're going to have a fan and that fan is going to share with their friends and not be able to ignore your product. So deliver 10 times more than you think uh, your product is worth.
0: Oh, excellent advice. Well, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Rob, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media?
1: Absolutely. We're at milliondollarcollar.com. And just for you, we have a uh, discount code going so that if anybody wants to give our product a try and they will absolutely love it. Uh, it the discount is just master plan, super easy. So it'll be 10% off your order. Uh, we're all over social media. So million dollar collar on Instagram and Facebook, M uh, dollar collar on Twitter and interest, although we're not very active on those two, but Instagram and Facebook are definitely our, our main ones. And I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me
0: Awesome. Thank you very much for the offer. I'm sure there'll be a few of our sartorial gents taking you up on it. Um, we'll add links to all of that and everything else we've talked about today in the show notes. Master Plan Wild, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Rob, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been fascinating talking to you and learning more about how you came up with the business and also those tricky old influences. Um, so thank you
1: thanks chloe it was been uh, a pleasure
0: what a fascinating product idea you know to come up with that and then to have such clarity about those three different markets he wants to hit the licensing into shirt manufacturers the installers who are the dry cleaners and tailors and then the end users and about how in order to get that huge payday that will be the licensing he's got to get it into the hands of the end users in the first place and that the way in which he's identified key ways to do that with the retargeting, with getting the referrals and, of course, those influencers. Lots in there on those pesky little influencers and uh, and how to get them to work for you. I hope you have enjoyed that. If you've got questions, please do join in the chat in our Facebook group at masterplan.com forward slash Facebook. And if you like other ideas for how to grow your business, then... The virtual summit is still available to watch and registration remains free. So you can get hold of that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the ecommerce masterplan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.